I want to thank Research Consultants International for sponsoring today's podcast. They're a globally renowned lead generation firm that helps economic development organizations create real prospects. They've helped over 500 economic development organizations. Let me tell you exactly what they do. They facilitate one-on-one meetings for economic developers with corporate executives who will have projects soon. They can facilitate these meetings to where you travel to the corporate executive's office and meet them there, or you meet them at a trade show, or even have a conference call so you don't have to pay for travel. They recently launched a service called FDI 365, which provides you a lead a day of fast-growing companies that will be expanding soon. Their research has helped over $5 billion in projects get cited since inception. I encourage you to go to www.researchfdi.com to learn more about research consultants. As far as I'm concerned, they are absolutely the best lead generation firm in the business for economic development organizations. Call them now. They can help you create real prospects. Welcome to this week's episode of the Next Move Group. We are Jobs Podcast. This is Chad Chancellor, co-founder of Next Move Group, and today I'm glad to have Larry Holt with us. Larry's sort of a man out of my own heart. He is the VP of Business Development for the Greater Portland, Oregon Economic Development Organization, and is really, really solid at business development, which I like to think I am, Larry. So, so you're a man of my own heart. I'm glad you're you're here today. I know recently Consultant Connect named you one of the top 50 economic developers, so congratulations on that, on that award. And uh, why don't we start out with you just tell us a little bit about all the good stuff going on up there in Portland. Well, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention that, you know, one of the fun things about my job is we represent Southwest Washington as well. We are a two-state organization, which I think kind of helps out our clients, really, because they can kind of kind of evaluate two markets for the price of one uh, when they're looking at the greater Portland area. And this is a great section of the country that's tremendous beauty, great quality of life. And one of the things I really love is just personally and professionally, how much transportation access there is, how easy it is to get around. You know, we got a ways to go, but, you know, sometimes I watch communities like Nashville vote down expanding their transportation system. And I think, well, you know, we might be doing all right up here. We're really competitive in, in a, uh, some key sectors like, of course, athletic and outdoors, probably what people think of for us. Nike, Columbia Sportswear, Nautilus, uh, lots of companies making use of the great outdoors here to build companies. Of course, we've grown up really strong in computer software, and that's built on our uh, semiconductor legacy as well. Uh, what's sometimes called the Silicon Forest. Uh, we do economic development here just like everybody else in the country. You know, we have to get out there and pound the pavement, and people aren't sitting in their office in Chicago thinking of Portland, Oregon. So uh, we view it as our job to get out there and tell them about it and tell them about some of the great things happening here. So it's been a great role for me. I moved here about three and a half years ago, early 2016, in the middle of the rainy season, which I would not recommend. But what I, what I learned is the summer is a lot like San Diego, which I consider our big secret. So uh, economic development's been a lot of fun and uh, real good for me here in the Pacific Northwest. 
Well, you know, I've, I've never talked to anybody that's been to Portland that didn't love it, so I don't know what, what it is about it. But but if it ever comes up, people say that they that they love it. And uh, I know you all recently, uh, uh, I've read a study where you were top five in the USA in companies with at least a million dollars a year in in annual sales or in the growth of those type companies. So, so you guys not only win the big deals and the semiconductor and headquarters, but obviously it's a good place for entrepreneurs too. I'm an entrepreneur, so that stat really stood out to me. So what really makes that area so attractive for those type companies over, say, Silicon Valley or California or other places, Seattle, you might compete with? Our value compared to those other markets is you get the same West Coast market as Seattle, for example, but maybe at about 50% of the price, to to be quite honest. And we have that access uh, up and down the West Coast. You know, we have something like 40 plus flights a day into the city of San Francisco. I mean, it's not like you're even that remote. You can be down there in like basically an hour and a half. Uh, you know, I heard a Seattle broker one time describe it as, you know, we've all kind of become San Francisco suburbs. So I don't, I don't want to uh, take too much credit. But, you know, we really do have this great location right in the, in the middle of uh, Northern California and the Pacific Northwest. You can take the train to Seattle. You can fly to San Francisco real easily. And, and the big thing is, is, you know, this is not a, a, a real rigid place. You know, a lot of people ask me, I moved here from Austin, and, uh, you know, so there's arguments about who in, invented the keep Austin weird or keep Portland weird first. And my response to that is uh, neither of them are in any danger of losing that. So right. uh, they're, they're both just unique places that attract unique people, and that's attractive to startups. What do you really feel? So we got some listeners out there who work for regional organizations. Some may even work for, for two states. So what tips would you give? You know, how does it work there with Washington and Oregon? Um, how are you able to keep everybody? I'm sure everybody, nobody's ever happy no matter what you're doing. So how are you able to, to really make that? Well, what tips would you give other places that may be thinking about doing something like that, a bi-state effort? I think it's important to recognize that, you know, on some level, our communities always do compete, you know, and, and I don't think there's any way around that. And uh, it was that way in Texas. It's certainly that way here. And, you know, that doesn't mean that we're out there poaching jobs from each other. But, you know, I, I can assure you that if there's, uh, if there's a project looking at, you know, just for example, Vancouver and, uh, say, Hillsborough, both those communities want that. And that's good, I think. That, that makes my region stronger. Right. Uh, but, but for me as a regional economic developer to ignore the fact that, you know, those guys are competing against each other w- would be naive. And so uh, I don't, you know, I think what, what builds up those relationships is uh, this is where transparency is just so huge. And, and the, re- the goal of the regional group uh, should be to be the honest broker you know, the, mm-hmm. the one, and, and represent all the regions, uh, all the communities equally. And if you do that, you, you'll build up credibility and, and trust with those communities. But it's tough. And uh, working in a regional group is hard work. And, and there's always somebody unhappy with you. But that's, you know, that's, that's the job. And right. uh, I enjoy the challenge. And I enjoy the feedback, truthfully, because when somebody's unhappy with you, that's, uh, that's an opportunity for you to grow and, and learn. Uh, and figure out how you can better serve your communities better. And uh, just adding another state uh, just kind of multiplies on that. 
Well, you're well respected and well known in the site selection community. And of course, I mentioned you won the Consultant Connects Top 50 award. And I know you conduct a lot of site selection uh, marketing missions and host them. So what have you, and I know every site selector is different, but, but, but what would be your tips to, uh, to dealing with site selectors, not only through a project, but, 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 but how have you found a way to, to not only, let's say, take a site selector to lunch, but, but give them something that's valuable? What tips would you give economic developers out there, maybe if they're just starting in the profession, about how to, uh, to get, put themselves on the map with site selectors? I honestly, you know, I don't think it's rocket science, Chad, and I think you and I talked about this a, a second ago. I think being responsive is, is a, a pretty important value. When you've got a, a major uh, global commercial real estate firm out of Dallas uh, reaching out to you for information on a tax change, get it. I mean, that's, if you can't drop what you're doing for that, uh, you know, I, I wonder what your priorities are. And that's, that's served me well is just taking the time to be responsive and prioritize and understand who our key customers are. And, and the opportunity with site selectors, the reason all of us in this business spend a lot of time trying to hone those relationships is they offer the ability to bring repeat business. Mm -hmm. um, and so I think all of us are uh, on some level judged on the amount of projects we can bring into our communities. And so why not do everything in your power to make sure those relationships run as smoothly as possible? Uh, so we've had a, a good deal of luck with that. And we are responsive. We stay in regular communication. And then every, I'm not, everybody knows this. There are four big site selector markets in this country. New York, Atlanta, Chicago, Dallas, and, you know, to an extent, the uh, uh, two major cities in California, though it's a little more dispersed. So uh, we try to hit two of those every year, you know, and just uh, fly, fly out to New York, fly out to Chicago, spend a couple of days there, let them know about the latest news in our community, which in this case is uh, Daimler Trucking has announced a major expansion uh, of their North American headquarters here in Portland. So uh, that's a bit of a manufacturing uh, and automation and clean technology story we're happy to get out there and tell because like i said they're they're not they're not sitting there in their office in chicago looking at news in portland I, I, right, do think, right. I do think there's value in getting out there and telling that story yourself well and i saw an announcement on your website a synthetic diamond manufacturer de beers uh, is doing a project there so they, they caught my interest diamond manufacturing so talk a little bit about that project that's the uh, Element 6 project. That was a, man, that was a great project. You know, we worked with their uh, UK site selection team on that for a little over a year. Uh, we were, we engaged with the company. They were still looking at the western part of the country, but that was multiple states in the western part of the country. And they had a site in Canada they really liked as well. And uh, it's so interesting in terms of the technology they were putting in this plant, it may as well have been a, a, a kind of an advanced semiconductor facility. So mm. uh, we really had to drill down and, and really help them understand soils and electricity capacity. And, uh, time to market was just huge. And so you manage that customer service experience like you do all your projects. And, and uh, we were very fortunate that we, uh, you know, a site in Washington and a site in Oregon made the short list. Uh, they finally eliminated uh, the Canadian and the North Dakota site. And then uh, as they were able to vet utility rates, they made the decision to go into Gresham, Oregon. But we're, we're super proud of that project. It is a large capital investment. And that's a, that's a real key. One area we really go after uh, is foreign direct investment. 
because those those do tend to be higher paying jobs and they tend to uh, spend a little bit more money in terms in the community in, in, with your local businesses. So there are arguments made that I, I believe that those companies provide kind of a higher bang for your buck mm-hmm. uh, in terms of, you know, because all of us in economic development are, you know, at some point are sitting there looking at a, a whiteboard going, well, what should I go after? And, right. And for Greater Portland, the answer has been FDI opportunities. So uh, that was a great project for us and a uh, very happy ending. It's appeared in the Wall Street Journal a few times. In fact, written there. You know, it's not just Larry saying it's cutting edge technology. Right. Um, <laughs> you know, major American media has cited it as too. Well, I can see when you do your site selectors tours, that would uh, that would probably interest most people. So That's there's more manufacturing cool. up there that I would have than I would have just thought. Just thinking about Portland, I mean, when I looked at you, know, you know, I always think of y'all as IT and semiconductors, but you have a lot of advanced manufacturing up there. Hey, that's a, you know, we really do. And uh, I was just working a, a manufacturing project recently and, you know, one of our uh, suburban communities. And, and I, even I, I've been here three and a half years and I was surprised at the amount of manufacturing we had out there. I mean, some of it's um, aerospace with uh, uh, precision cast parts and Boeing has one of their largest facilities and company here, you know, but then a lot of it's um, cutlery. Uh, there's a lot of advanced uh, knife makers here and uh, you know some of that outdoor stuff kind of bleeds in as well so yeah we do we do get compared to Austin a lot but I mean this is ultimately a port city right you know? uh, and there's quite the manufacturing legacy here so you know, we're, we we love going after those projects and uh, staying competitive on those for those companies that, that uh, need that Asia access we have a particularly compelling story well, you know, I, I'm sort of a manufacturing guy, so I guess I reveal my strength and my weakness here. I'm, you know, most of the projects I've ever dealt with have been advanced manufacturing of some kind. I, I know nothing about biotech, but you've really had a lot of success in that. And and people will ask us sometimes, how do you go after that? So, so you're talking to somebody that knows nothing about it. So, so what would be your elementary education to me on uh, on your biotech success and what it takes to win those projects and and kind of an overview of the keys to compete in that market. I think when you're when you're in economic development as a practitioner and, and you're identifying targets, you want to start kind of with a top-down look and go, you know, what industries are, are going to grow uh, over the next 20 years in the United States? And, and it doesn't, probably at the top of that list is healthcare. So uh, I think if you take a really kind of expansive view of, of what that can mean, there are traded sector opportunities within healthcare to have some project success. And so, you know, some of the assets we have here that I, th- I think are critical are having a major medical school for the state of Oregon is here in Portland. And that's a tremendous asset in terms of research and research scientists. We have, you know, a number of uh, what I would call uh, primate and invertebrate testing facilities up and down the I-5 corridor. And with Intel, and, and this is where this is where thinking broadly has to come in, Intel has put together a really, they've brought some of their big data expertise to build a supercomputer that allows for the kind of really advanced uh, genetic testing that the industry requires. And so that's a, that's a tremendous resource here as well. So like any uh, industry, you think broadly, you think about what your assets are, and then go after targets. So one of those that, that's announced some deals here in the uh, past few years is Genentech doing multiple locations throughout here. And we're working a, a project now that 
of course, codenamed and uh, NDA, but really big in genetic testing. And it kind of aligns with that sweet spot of uh, some of the things that attracted that De Beers and Element 6, which is super reliable power, great data infrastructure. Because really, um, you know, this sort of genetic company is, is I mean, they're, they're doing gigantic amounts of uh, computing is, is what's driving that. And so just understanding that that is, is really the kind of the bread and the butter of uh, a lot of modern health tech uh, kind of allows you to connect the dots to go, hey, we got a strength there. So that's some of the luck we've had. And of course, we're still growing and we're not, we're not Seattle, we're not Raleigh, but I, I think we're starting to pop up on some radars around the country. And we've talked a lot about recruiting. If we transition to taking care of the companies you have, uh, the old, I mean, you're a regional organization, so do you do that or the local counties do retention expansion? I know you've had a strong retention expansion track record in your past before Portland. So talk about how you guys do that with a regional group and then any tips you might have of how to, how to take care of your existing companies. The local communities here own the retention relationship that, and as they should, you know, that is, uh, that is, I think one of the most powerful things in economic development, Chad, uh, is, is the power of the local economic developer sitting down with the company, you know, that's in their community and letting them know they're happy. Uh, they're employing people in, in, uh, Clackamas County or, or Clark County, Washington, and how they want to help them and be, uh, be of service to them. Now we support, uh, our community partners in that work. And of course, as you know, I mean, we, we can talk all about recruitment all we want, but who are the first people your recruits want to talk to is your existing customers. So really ensuring those relationships is critical. You know, our goal is just to make our communities be as successful as they possibly can be uh, in building on those existing relationships. And, you know, that's kind of our role is, is more of a, a support mechanism and, and vice versa, you know, I mean, sometimes your, your existing companies need recruitment support in terms of data needs, mm-hmm. marketing needs to help them grow. And so, you know, we're just kind of that resource for our regional communities. And Well, as we sort of wrap up, Larry, why don't you just give these folks uh, the Portland sales pitch? We do have some, some company executives who listen to our podcast, so give them the elevator pitch for Portland. Well, we, we like to think of Greater Portland as a, as a community where good business climate and quality of life don't compete. And we really, we really start there. We think we represent an outstanding value in talent. And of course, this region has spent billions on, on building a, a modern public transportation infrastructure that includes light rail. Uh, you can go from the Silicon Forest in Washington County to the airport on our light rail system today. You know, that's not wow. something planned in the future uh, or on a PDF uh, in, in someone's, <laughs> what our transportation system might look like packet. That runs today in, in Greater Portland. And, and again, it comes down to uh, value. When you, when you look at kind of our commercial real estate prices, you know, some of our home prices, we think we present one of the greater cost advantages to certainly our West Coast peers and increasingly communities like Denver as well. Um, so we're real proud of that. And we have the proof points. That's not just Larry saying that. You have world-class companies like Nike, Intel, Daimler Trucking, North America, Adidas, 
North America moved their headquarters from Boston to Portland just in the past few years. So that's just not economic development speak. That is market proof points of those data points as well. Right. Is Eugene, Oregon in your region or is that outside your territory? Eugene is uh, well south of our region. Okay. Well, I'm I'm actually going there tomorrow for a Ducks football game, Chad. Oh, who do they play tomorrow? Uh, Montana. So, uh, okay. Well, Mississippi State has played at Oregon before, and I've got a lot of friends that made the trip, and they just loved it. So that's why yeah. I was wondering if you—they've really built a heck of a, a heck of a program up there. They almost beat Auburn a few weeks ago. So well, we wish they had. <laughs> <laughs> well, as we wrap up, Larry, uh, give these folks your contact information or your organization's website for our for our business owners out there. Uh, Larry and this group knows how to do a deal, so they can help you out. And for our economic developers, Larry knows how to do business development. So uh, I just thank you so much for spending a few minutes with us today. Give these folks your contact information if you don't mind. Thanks so much, Chad. Uh, Greater Portland Inc.'s website is greaterportlandinc.com. You can find me on Twitter at LF Holt. Anybody out there, feel free to email me directly if you like. Uh, That's Larry.Holt at greaterportlandinc.com. I'm pretty easy to find and uh, maintain a Good social media presence where I like to talk about music, barbecue, and occasionally economic development. All right. Well, Larry, thank you for being with us today. We'll do another one one day where we do the music and the barbecue. So Awesome. <laughs> Great. Thanks so much, Chad. Thank you. A special thank you to Younger Associates for recording, editing, and publishing this podcast for us. I encourage you to visit their website at younger-associates.com.